Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, again, thank you for your word. Thank you for being our teacher this morning. We open our hearts to you, Lord, and ask you to Plant the seeds of truth that you want in us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Genesis 49, verse 1. 49, 1. Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed. Then defilest thou it. He went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly. Mine honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, In their wrath, for it was cruel, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Boy, with an introduction like that, why go on? (laughs) I mean, it's like, boy. Anyway, this is what happened. Okay, so here we are. So now we know here that what we're in is then the last moments of Jacob's life on earth. And we know that he's going to die. Actually, there were several times in Jacob's life when he thought he was going to die. He was sure he was going to die, like when Esau had vowed to kill him, thought he was going to die then when he was alone in the desert on the run from, and it was all alone and exposed, thought he was going to die then when Laban had said he was going to, wanted to kill him, thought he was going to die then. Esau came to meet him with 400 men, thought he was going to die then. He just had a lot of disappointments in life because he thought he was going to die and didn't die. And the starvation and so forth. But from all those times where sh- when he was sure he was going to die, but he didn't die. And so what it shows us is the truth of Psalm 3115, which explains in 30, Psalm 3115, my times are in thy hand. And, and then David says, deliver me from my enemies. So which means that we're not going to die until God, God's hand says, okay, this is when you're going to die. And that's the great thing about when the believer comes to die is that it's all been, it's all been determined by God and, 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 it's, and God doesn't take the death of saints lightly. He doesn't say, well, okay, he's going to die. Everything, everybody's going to die, you know. He doesn't say that. He says in, in Psalm 116 verse 15, Psalm 106 15, 116 verse 15, he uses a word to describe the death of the saints, and he calls it precious. He said precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And that's how God views the death of his saints. And what it really is, when, what death really is, it's, a, it, it's, it's what, how the Lord Jesus was described when he was about to die, 
or when the time was coming that he was going to die. And it says in Luke 9.15, sorry, Luke 9.51, 9.51, it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. What a precious, how precious is that? That death is a re- being received up, which is what we saw in the case of Stephen when he died. Well, Jacob had come to this time in his life, like Paul, and Jacob was thinking of, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I've got a lot of unfinished business to do. And so here he is, this unfinished business, he has to give these final prophecy, and that's what it is. This is the last patriarch. Abraham has died, Isaac has died, Jacob is about to die. And Jacob now is giving like this full bloom of the patriarchal prophecy here, which he gives us. And that's what we have here in chapter 49. It's a treasure. It's chapter 49 is a precious treasure that has been regarded that way down through generations. Because these are important words, last words. They're profound. They're very important, last words. I was thinking about, uh, thinking about my wife Cheryl's last words. I was thinking about that. At the time I was, when she was dying, I was trying to see if she was still conscious. So I asked her, I said, what is your birth date? <laughs> you know what her last words were? Stop bothering me. <laughs> but that doesn't sound like something we should write down. <laughs> Stop bothering me. Okay, that was it. Stop bothering me. All right. So, well, Jacob had a lot to say. Very important. And we've seen how Jacob had passed from, he had a, already had a private meeting with Joseph and his two sons. Very important meeting. He wanted to... Uh, first of all, adopt Joseph's two sons, then bless them. He wanted to make sure that it was established that Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, would be 100% part of Israel. So, so he took care of that business before he died. And now he begins his address. We saw he began his address in verse 2 when he says, Gather yourselves together. And he says, You sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. So striking. It's the same person. It's the same person who, is, who has called himself Jacob, you sons of Jacob, and called himself Israel, hearken unto Israel your father. Same person. The only one name, Jacob, refers to his natural person, and the other name, Israel, refers to a spiritual person. But it's like he's showing them, look, uh, Jacob's going to die, but Israel's going to live on, and, and, and I want you to follow me from, become, from being Jacob, which you don't have to work at, you're just that, uh, to becoming Israel with the new nature. Okay, so then as we said, he starts off, and he, and, he, and he starts off with Reuben, his firstborn. And what a heartache this is for, for Jacob. It's amazing he didn't die right then from a heart attack as he goes back and he remembers, Reuben raped my wife. Oh, wow. That's what happened here, this infamous rape. And when he let his sexual passions just overpower him and boil over like boiling water. And, and so Jacob spoke about how personal, as we know, this was an offense that he did when he was in verse 4 there. And he said, then wentest thou up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou up. He went up to my couch. So as we think of this terrible hurt in Jacob's life and and, and we can see that Jacob just had a lot of troubles. Jacob had troubles outside of his house, troubles like with Esau and Laban and so forth. 
And, and then Jacob had troubles, major troubles, inside of his house with Reuben, who defiled his wife. We, and, and then we think back on the inside troubles that Jacob had with his wife, Rachel. There was a lot of drama with Rachel. And then we think about how Rachel was the one who introduced idolatry into his house. And we think back on Jacob's sons and how they really hurt Jacob, and, 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 and he was sure that they killed Joseph. And, and in all of this experience that Jacob had, it just is an illustration of what the Lord said would be, would be in Matthew 10.36. Matthew 10.36, where the Lord said, a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Poor Jacob. I mean, he had troubles everywhere. I mean, it's just like Paul had all these troubles, and he talked about it in 2 Corinthians 1.8, 2 Corinthians 1.8, where he said, we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. That's Jacob. Jacob here has troubles within his house, outside his house, and the question is, where does he go for comfort? Where does Jacob go for the soft shoulder to, to put his head on? Well, anybody who asks that question finds the Psalms are the, are, are the direction, the guide, where it says, for example, in Psalm 2710, Psalm 2710, when my, my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. The Lord will take me up. Or like Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, Isaiah 40, verse 11, where it speaks of the Lord with, with tender verbs, tender terms, when it says, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. Feed. He shall gather the lambs with his arms. Gather. And, and, gather, and carry them in his bosom. Carry. And shall gently lead those with young. Gently lead. See, all these troubles that Jacob had just drove him to the Lord. And that's the way it is for us. That's the way it is for us. Troubles drive us to God. Jacob was pressed to God by all the troubles he had in life. And so, uh, uh, we, now, Jacob, uh, obviously, as we're seeing here, Jacob is, is revealing all his troubles. He has just uncovered or revealed a secret that nobody knew about except for Reuben and Bilhah and Jacob. He's just, he's just exposed what, he, what, what Reuben did. And so he goes from this first, from the, this terrible act of his firstborn, Reuben, and now he goes on to his second and thirdborns, which are Simeon and Levi. And, and like I said, it's just amazing that he just doesn't die right on the spot and say, I just didn't you know. But, but he turns to Simeon and Levi, and Jacob relives what they did back in Genesis 34 when, 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 a, 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 when a prince named Shechem, he fell, she, he fell in love with, with, with Jacob's daughter, Dina. You can say Dinah if you want, but it's really Dina. But anyways, whatever you want to say, but it's Dina. So Shechem forces or rapes Dina, and Jacob is the first one to hear about this, what happened with his daughter, Dina, and then Jacob's sons hear what happened to their sister, Dina, and Jacob's sons were very angry. And, and remember all this from Genesis 34, 7. Genesis 34, 7, the sons of Jacob came out of the field when they heard it, and the men were grieved, and they were very wroth because he had wrought folly in Israel in lying, and that doesn't mean telling a fib, in lying with Jacob's daughter, which thing ought not to be done. 
So now we have this son, uh, this, well, he is a son, but this prince, this prince, Shechem, Shechem, he is hopelessly in love with Dina, and he would have done anything to have Dina as his wife, as it says in, in uh, Genesis 34.3, Genesis 34.3, and his soul clave unto Dina, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the damsel and spake kindly unto the damsel. So Shechem now, he goes and he lifts in, in the help of his father Hamor to come to Jacob and pleaded with him to let his son Shechem marry Dina and that there should be intermarriages within Jacob's family and the and the and the, and his people, the Shechemites. And and then it says that when this happened, that the sons of Jacob just took over. They took over in, in Genesis 34, 13. Genesis 34, 13, the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father, deceitfully, and said, because he had and said, because he had defiled their sister. And they said unto them, we cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised. That were an approach. That be an approach, reproach unto us. But in this will we consent unto you. If you'll be as we be, and every male of you be circumcised, then we'll give our daughters unto you. We'll take your daughters to us. We'll dwell with you. We'll become one people. All deceit. All deceit. All lying. But if you will not hearken unto us to be circumcised, then we'll take our daughter, we'll be gone. So then Hamor and Shechem, they go out and they convince all the men of Shechem to, to get circumcised. I know it's confusing. The man's, the, the, the city's called Shechem. The boy's named Shechem. Okay, whatever. But anyways, they go and they, and, and they intermarry. And then Levi and Simeon, they wait till the third day when the men of Shechem are, are the sorest from, from the infection that undoubtedly set in from all that. And then it says in, in Genesis 34.25, Genesis 34.25, it came to pass on the third day when the men were sore that two of the sons of Jacob, and here we go, Simeon and Levi, they're the, the, they're the ones who led all this. Dina's brethren took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. And they slew Hamar and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword, and took Dina out of Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep, their oxen. That's important to remember. They took their oxen and their asses and that which was in the city and that which was in the field. And all their wealth and all their little ones and all their wives took they captive. That, that should have made for a really happy home there taking all the, the wives that they had murdered the husbands of, taking all the children they'd murdered the fathers of. I don't know why you'd want those as part of your house, but that's what they did. And spoiled even all that was in the house. And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me to make me stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites, the Perizzites, and I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me. I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, this would be Levi and Simeon and Levi, they said, should he deal with our sisters with an harlot? This horrified Jacob. And now on his deathbed, he's brought it all back up again. And the first thing he says as he thinks back about this in verse 5 is, Simeon and Levi are brethren. Now, obviously, they had the same mother, Leah. They had the same father, Jacob, their brothers. He's not talking about that. He says that they are brethren in that they are together. And that means that they conspired together they deceived together, they murdered together, they plundered together, 
They're just the same. They have the same temperaments. They have the same thoughts. They have the same actions and feelings against the Shechemites. They're one. There was no hesitation on either of their part. One of them didn't say to the other, well, I don't know if we should do this. No, they were just 100%. They were in it. And this amazed Jacob in verse 4 when he says, Simeon and Levi are brethren. This is an amazement of unity. Jacob is amazed at the unity that they both have in doing this evil. This is a little bit like Peter. This is a little bit about Peter. When a certain couple named Ananias and Sapphira had, had uh, seen everybody else selling all they had and giving all the money to the church, and they said, well, we, we, we want to appear like that. So they had a piece of property, they sold it, and they gave the money. Said, yep, that's all the money that, that, um, that, that we made from that property, only that it wasn't all the money. And they kept part, back part of the same. Seemed like a good scheme. For, for Ananias and Sapphira, when everyone else was bringing everything into the church and they didn't want to be out of step with the rest of the congregation, so what could be wrong? It, 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 actually, they had every right to keep back part of the money if that's what they wanted to do. But what was wrong was what they did was to keep back part of the money and then lie and say they were giving all the money. And their plan would have worked because they tricked everybody but except for one person, God. They didn't trick God. And so the husband of Ananias comes in, and when he's questioned, is that all the money that you made from the property? Yep, that was it. He lied. God struck him dead. And then later his wife came in, and Peter asked her if that was all the money that's went, that when they sold the property, and, and she, with the same sincere conviction, she lied just like her husband. Now, that was amazing to Peter. And what Peter said in Acts 5.9, Acts 5.9, he said, how is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of God? See, Peter was amazed that neither Ananias nor Sapphira showed any hesitation to lie. And he asked them, how they could both be in such lockstep agreement to lie. Well, this is where Jacob is coming from in verse 5 when he, he says, Simeon and Levi are brethren. He's, he's, he's saying they were in lockstep in agreement to conspire and to deceive and to murder all the Shechemites. And Simeon and Levi look so good on the outside, you know, but, but, but they murdered, just like the Lord said about the Pharisees and the scribes. In Matthew 23, 27, Matthew 23, 27, when the Lord said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like the whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but within are full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. So Jacob goes on, and he says about Simeon and Levi in verse 5, instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. Now, the word habitations... I mean, there's a lot of, there's the, 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 the translators here have used a lot of liberty with some of these Hebrew words, and if they would have asked me, I would have told them not to do it, but they never asked me, so what can I do? But the word habitations is actually the Hebrew word for swords, and it's referring to the swords of Simeon and Levi that they used to kill the Shechemites. So Jacob is saying that the swords that Levi and Simeon used were for cruelty as opposed to defense. And those swords should have been only been used as weapons of defense, but instead they used them as instruments of cruelty. And, and by the way, the word uh, cruelty is a word that, that is spoken about today. The word for cruelty there is the word Hamas, Hamas, which means terror. 
And so, you know, whenever you said this group, the Hamas group in the Gaza, which I'm sure you're going to hear more about tomorrow. But, but anyway, that's the word. That's what it means, cruelty and terror. So Jacob was saying that it, Simeon and Levi were violent men. Now, we can just assume, although we don't know, they probably were the ringleaders and the ones who proposed before Judah stepped in to just kill Joseph, just kill him. Maybe that explains why, why, why Joseph singled out Simeon and said, put him in prison until you get back. We don't know. But after Simeon and Levi had murdered the Shechemites, Jacob gave them a chance to repent. And, 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 and he, when he told them, you've made me to stink among the inhabitants. But instead of repenting, what they did, as we just saw, is they justified what they did in that last verse of Genesis 34, Genesis 34, 31, 34, 31, when they said, should he deal with our sister as with an harlot? Now, as Jacob is sitting here, he's remembering all that Simeon and Levi had done. Jacob now, he turns and he, he talks to himself. He actually does this a couple times here. He just says, this is too rough for me to talk with them. I got to talk to myself. So he talks to himself in verse 6 when he said, Oh, my soul. That's Jacob talking to his soul. Oh, my soul, come not thou into their secret, into their assembly, mine honor. Be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Where else in Scripture have you seen someone talk to his soul? What can you think of? David. David, what did he say to his soul? Right. Right, and in Psalm 43, 5, it says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? And then he, and he talks to his soul. He says, Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance so, and my God. So when David doesn't have anybody to talk to him, he talks to himself, and he, you know, it's funny. So he's feeling discouraged. He's feeling depressed, David is. He talks to his soul. He says, Come on, soul. Why are you cast down? It's time to rise up, O man of God. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, 
meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Grow deeper in God's Word with the Friendship with God King James Version Study Bible prepared by Tom Cantor. This genuine lambskin large print study Bible features the history of Israel, full-color timeline and maps, frequently asked questions about the Jewish Messiah, prophecy and fulfillment study, Hebrew root notations and definitions, the life study of Joseph, and so much more. Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com. 